Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers. Hook them up. 1019 AM 1260. The Horn. Oh, what a weekend. The good, the bad, and the ugly. A lot going on. Tavondre Sweat wins the uh, Outland on Friday night. Part of that awards show. We'll run through some of the other winners and see if we're bullish or BS on those. Also, Rod, on uh, Saturday, Jaden Daniels won the Heisman Trophy. Yeah. Army beat seven. Navy. How about Army beating Navy with a goal line stand? It's a beautiful thing. Beautiful and thing. That, 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 uh, that Army-Navy game looks different. <laughs> I saw some empty formations there. I saw some spread formations, jet sweeps. I told you those Army uni- unis are clean. They were clean. The overhead. <laughs> it did. Half yeah. point. The safety at they, the end. The safety at the end. <laughs> put it over. Oh, there you go. Oh, you got to hit a safety. Uh, Army beat Navy 17 to 11. Um, so that was on. And then we got to see some unbelievable NFL football yesterday and last night. Uh, great performance by the Cowboys. Chiefs, again, frustrated with their wide receiver core, but they're blaming the refs. I know. Come on. The refs have got nothing to do with a guy actually committing a penalty. No, I just <laughs> think it was the tipping point for Patrick Mahomes. And then Andy Reid's just going to defend his quarterback. Yeah, you got to side with you. Yeah, you got to side with you. It's like when your wife gets into like an argument never, with somebody. You can't go against your wife. You, like, no. you take your wife's side, then when you get home, you go, babe, I think you might overreact a little bit. Yeah, you don't, but in real time, you're on her side. <laughs> in real time, you're on her side. That's what Andy Reid's doing. <laughs> yeah, no, 100%. And they um, – so that was wild. And we'll hear Tony Romo coming up and obviously Patrick Mahomes. I've never seen Patrick Mahomes that, that no. irate. I mean, he was they, going after officials. He's losing street cred. He's literally complaining about his receiver – Basically making a you know an, a mental error, lining up off sides, and he's blaming that on the refs and saying even though the guy there's a picture of him lining off sides, he's seen this, he knows his guy was offside. His argument essentially is, God, the play was so cool, you should have let that go. Yeah, that is that is his argument. That's basically his argument. Would have been historically all time great play, <laughs> like, and we would have won the game. It's like. Uh, okay, that's yeah, not a – I agree with you. It was a cool play, but that's not yeah, a, I was, that argument. I think everybody watching was disappointed <laughs> that it didn't count. It was a great play. Come on, uh, it would have been on, an Patrick. amazing ending. But, look, I, and I said this last week that Patrick Mahomes – because if you watch the end of the Packers game one week ago, they were in Sunday Night Football last week mm-hmm. or Monday night, whatever game that was, and the, the officials made four horrendous calls. Oh, I saw that. In the last the minute P. of the – in yeah. the last, you know, drive of the game. Horrendous. You're right. You're right and Patrick Mahomes went to the mic and was the ultimate diplomat and was like, mm-hmm. oh, well, it's a hard job. You can't win them all. And then this time it actually is a penalty, and he loses his, his, his S. That's true. It's not like it was what the last doing? play of the game either. He had, what, two or three more plays after that to, to get a first down? Yeah, well, he took a sack. It was almost like he was lost focus. He took a sack he, on he, the next play. He knew how big – well, I think he knows the margin for error for his receivers. Yeah, for really sure. Slim, so. Yeah, they just created a touchdown. They only had 17 points the whole game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, they knows. still could have gotten into field goal range, kicked a field goal and tied the thing and got it to overtime. But uh, that's where you give Buffalo credit. They rallied around that, got a sack. Got him off the field and, and got stopped him on fourth down, won the game. Mm-hmm. But you're right. I, I do think Patrick Mahomes lost focus right there. Like, I really do. I mean, I think those next two plays, he was so furious he and was. so mad. Yeah. And you can determine who he was mad at, but he took it out on the official. But he knows that th- this is an 8-5 and five team that should be 11-2. and two. They're, you know, that's just – that's football. But uh, pretty incredible. Uh, it was a good day. Never seen him like that. Though. We've Me never either. seen him just lose composure like that. I rate on the sideline – 
Yeah, I think it's just mounting frustration, and it's mounting frustration with that wide receiver. Rod, I'm watching games yesterday. I don't know, like, what am I watching here? Joe Flacco was living on his mom's watching football on his mom's couch three weeks ago. Nice. Now he's throwing for out playing Trevor Lawrence. Oh man. Oh man. I didn't think Trevor Lawrence would play with a high ankle sprain. He's out there running around. Yeah, and Zach Wilson lights up the Texans. What the hell was that? Who is Nico's defense? Yeah, Zach Wilson all of a sudden looks like Aaron Rodgers because Aaron Rodgers (laughs) is standing there with him on the sideline. Yeah, that was the best game. Zach Wilson's ever played, actually. I mean, I can, you know, I'll get on because it was 0-0 zero to zero at the half, and the Texans were going to struggle without their weapons and in that weather with C.J. Stroud. They could, couldn't get guys open. Uh, and then they couldn't run the ball. Then they couldn't block against a four-man line. But either way, um, it was nothing-nothing at half. So you were, you're just trying to win that game kind of like the Vikings did, 3 to nothing. Yep. There was a 3 to nothing football game yesterday, Rod, in oh. 2023. Oh, yeah, I got a stat about that one, actually. 3 to nothing. Didn't they bench uh, Josh Dobbs, too? Oh, it was horrible. Nick Mullins in there? Well, yeah, you have it to horrible. get horrible. It was horrible. There were some These are things you don't see, 3 to nothing. It was, I mean, nothing-nothing the whole, whole game. Yeah. And the what? 3 came in the very last closing minutes of the seconds of the game. You see why NFL scoring is down. Yeah, well, because half the league's playing with backup quarterbacks. Exactly. And then C.J. Stroud who's leading the league in passing, all of a sudden he's got Dalton Schultz is hurt, Tank Dell's out, Nico Collins goes down, and he's trying to – Sauce Gardner's defending Noah Brown. Ugh. Man, he'll, uh, he's going to be in concussion protocol. Yeah, no, well, another and, quarterback. That's yeah, keep an eye on CJ because he, he, be he did one of those two of things where he mm-hmm. banged his head. And Quentin Williams kind of hit him a little bit late on that. But either way, he lost his balance and went down hard, didn't have anything to brace himself, and he did the whole whiplash thing on, on the back of his head. So And he, he immediately – you can see his feet kind of dangling a little bit. He he, he took a pretty hard hit wow. to the back of the head. So we'll watch that with the Texans. But yeah, I mean that's and now the Buffalo wins that game because of a guy logging up off sides. And now they're seven and six. They're back in it. I firmly believe had that if Kadarius Tony doesn't line up off sides, they win that game. The Bills would have quit. Bills would have mailed it in because of the week that. they had with Deshaun McDermott stuff and the Von Miller stuff and another close loss. And, and so if you're the Cowboys fan, you'd have been walking in there against a team that, I don't say quit, but kind of it's done. They're out. And they don't have a lot to play for at that point at 6-7. and seven. Instead, they won it. Now they have life. Houston lost. Indianapolis lost. Jacksonville lost. I mean, all these contenders took losses, and they're back in it. So it's like, oh, okay. Well, now here come the Cowboys. Let's go. And their offense has found some new life, too. Their offense wasn't terrible. They, had, they made a move. And Joe Brady's got the offense clicking a little bit. James Cook. Yeah, they're getting the running back involved, even in the passing game, and they're they're forcing it. I thought it was a pretty. Now they went up big. They scored early and didn't score much late, but they won the game twenty to seventeen. But Buffalo will be a tough out for the Cowboys, and then that's followed by a trip to Miami to play the Dolphins, who will play tonight as part of a doubleheader on Monday Night Football. Is it essentially with a, Tennessee a do or die game for Buffalo? Would you say I it mean, is? Being in Every the game 11, is the eleven spot well, right now. Yeah, well, think about it. But but they're a win or two away from the six spot. Yeah. I mean, it's, that's how close it is in the in the NFC. There's eleven teams. Buying for Are the Jets still seven the spots. No. No. They were not. eliminated officially. But you know who is now is uh, are the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah, because Jake Browning's balling. Jake Browning's playing great. <laughs> yeah. He Didn't is. he get they injured really well as well though? No, he's healthy. Oh, he's back? Uh, okay. I sent you that can I play you this that Jake Browning sound there, Ty? Can I play this for you? This is interesting to me. Uh Jake Browning. Uh so if you're watching them play and beat the Colts. By the way, that did the Texans a favor. Texans could have been in first place in the AFC oh, South today if they won that game because Jacksonville took the loss and the Colts yep. took the loss. Uh, if the, when the Dolphins beat the Titans tonight, the whole division's taking losses this week. But so here's Jake Browning. You, you, they would show his family in the suite, like up in the box, mm-hmm. and he had to clarify that, you know, hey, can I give some credit to my guy Joe Burrow? I didn't pay for that suite. Let me hear, let me hear Jake Brown. It's pretty cool. It is not my box. Uh, I did not buy that in the preseason. It's very expensive. 
so Joe Burrow was nice enough, give them some tickets so they didn't have to sit up in the cold. You know, we're all from California, so I'm used to it. They're not, so I'm sure they were much more excited in the box, but uh, it, it's awesome to have them here. I'll give you a stat about Jake Browning. Um, there have been three quarterbacks now um, – <laughs> to complete 75% of their passes while throwing for 275-plus yards in consecutive games. One is Patrick Mahomes. He did it twice. Joe Burrow did it twice. And Jake Brownie. Yeah. And he's a good player. You know, <laughs> the thing about Jake Brownie, which is interesting, is he what? he set all kinds of records in high school in California as a high school quarterback. And then he went to Washington where he was a four-year starter when PK was coaching out of oh, there yeah, in Washington. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And Chris he, Peterson. Yeah, Chris coach? Peterson. He was a four-year really accomplished starter. Remember they played in the 14 playoff? I was going to say, yeah, he did. 2016. And he had to find his way on practice squads. And, boy, you watch him play. He's not a joke. There's no joke there. Now, he's got you – know, it's kind of like watching C.J. Stroud with no weapons. He's got Jamar Chase, and he's got T. Higgins, and he's got guys who are going to get open for him. Joe Mixon's playing good. Uh, so, but he spreads the ball around. I mean, he had the leading receiver for the Bengals district was four catches, but he had three guys with four catches, three guys with three catches. He's spreading the ball and uh, looks like a really competent quarterback. This is, I mean, there's some really yeah. bad quarterback play being thrown out there oh, in well, three nothing football games. Oh man, yeah, and I got to say about that that three nothing game you were just talking about. So apparently, it 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 was scoreless. Uh, it was the second longest scoreless game um, since 1978. Oh my God! The second longest game to last uh, scoreless since 1978, <laughs> in terms of how long it went without a score, um, and then they finally put some points on the board. Yeah, it's it, crazy. It was a crazy day, and then the Cowboys wrapped it up with a thumping of Philadelphia. But as we found out this morning and talked about this morning, it's is it too little, too late for the Cowboys because the Eagles are now through. As impressive as they were, here's going to be the real frustrating part. For Cowboys, this is the best Cowboys team they've had since 2014. Yep, easily. I believe. Yeah, I um, this is the best, most complete. They're healthy right now, uh, which I think is huge. I mean, health is a huge factor, and the Niners healthy, Cowboys healthy, and seem to be getting primed with Dak Prescott. But now the Eagles, as we've talked about, they, they took a thumping, but they did survive their gauntlet and went three and two, uh, and split with the Cowboys, which was important for them. And now they control the destiny. They play. The next four weeks at Seattle, which will be their toughest game, but Seattle has yeah. dissolved too. They've lost five of six. And, and Drew Locke is starting now. Drew Locke's their quarterback. So you've got to put pencil in a, an Eagles win there. And then they play the Giants, Arizona, and the Giants. Yeah, all backup quarterbacks. All ter- and terrible teams. All teams are backup. I guess teams. Kyler Murray is now technically a starter, but he's back. But still. They, oh, yeah, you're right. Kyler Murray's back. I and if, and if they win Take all four back. of those games, which the Eagles will be favored in all of them, probably heavily, um... The Cowboys can't do anything about the division. Cowboys, even if they win out in this gauntlet of the next four games that they have, or three games, where they're playing winning teams in Buffalo, Miami, and Detroit, before they play Washington to wrap up the regular season, the Eagles will still win by virtue of division record. And so this this is, again, I'm not this is not poking the Cowboys fan bear. This is just pointing out that that Arizona game early could cost you, could take you from a division champion, because if the Cowboys win out, they're going to be 14-3. and three. Yeah. If the Eagles went out, they're going to be fourteen and three, but they'll own the tiebreaker. It's conference record, the tiebreaker is what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, div- yeah, conference record and divisional record. Because they'll have the and same the Cow- divisional record, just one loss at that point, right? Right. But they, it'll go to it'll go to division conference record, which means the Eagles have four more NFC conference games. The Cowboys only lead them right now in that tiebreaker by a game. Yeah. And the Eagles have four more conference NFC games. games yeah. Cowboys have two AFC games yeah. in this stretch. So Eagles, if they win them, are going to go past them. 
which means you could have two 13 and four teams, but the Cowboys are going to be a road wild card team as the five seed. Eagles are going to be the division champs. Niners, if they stay on this pedal to the metal thing, they're going to be the one seed. So it, it, that's the frustration. It doesn't mean you can't get in the playoffs and go do your thing. It's just frustrating to be this good. It's going to be tough. Well, the other teams in your own conference are really good too, and you may be a road wild card team at 13 and four. Yeah, no, it makes sense um, because the, the Eagles started so strong. I mean, they really did. Yeah, they blew out to so nine and zero. Giving themselves a lot of margin for error, and yeah, they blew out nine and zero, and then they went three and two in their stretch. Remember, their stretch was Cowboys, Bills, Chiefs, Niners, Niners, Cowboys. Yeah, and they went three and two, and so they got out of that, and now they have their easy so stretch. Even if the Cowboys go undefeated in this stretch, still may not guarantee them the division. Cowboys they need have, the Eagles Cow- to lose. Cowboys have to root for Kyler. To do do them dirty, Arizona find a win, beat or, the Eagles or the Giants or the I mean, Tommy DeVito. Would you rather Tony play De- the NFC South champion away or let's say a hot Green Bay Packers team at home? At home, well, I'd just rather be the division champ, yeah. the one seed home playoff games until you have to go to San Francisco, most likely. Uh, we'll see. Mm. Uh, big game with Buffalo now, and again, that's why that Chiefs game ends because I think Buffalo mails it in if they lose that game. Said they want it, and they're right back in the mix. So it becomes a yeah, really intense if, game for them. I wonder if that the ownership would make a change if they kind of derailed for the rest of the season. I think Buffalo would have held on, but I think that would have just been holding mm-hmm. on, you know. Yeah. Because uh, that because by the way, the Bills job all of a sudden becomes a really good job. Oh, because you got a quarterback. I mean, that's <laughs> that's half the damn battle. You got a quarterback already. All you got to do is kind of rebuild around, build around that guy. I just think the Bills they still have great personnel. They're just outside that that window. We'll talk about it. You know, we talk about the Eagles a little bit too. That five year window for the the Bills with Sean McDermott and Josh Allen. They're in the sixth year of it, and I think you're starting to see everything unravel for them. The culture of it. it becomes toxic the message becomes stale uh there's infighting it's just it's not working you've got five years to figure it out (laughs) and after that it the nfl's salary cap is working against you because it's all about parity but also i think your own culture starts to work against you a little bit and just the message gets stale sean mcdermott what's all the stories coming out about him he's got to apologize well now they're losing messaging back in the day anonymous sources say now now they're all willing to say things that have been bothering him for a long time and when you're there that long the message gets stale yeah that's just part of it it certainly is hey can we get to uh rod's rant number two on a busy monday good bad and ugly Rod's Rant of the Day is brought to you by Apple Leasing, the easiest and safest way to get a new car, any make, any model. Click AppleLeasing.com and experience how easy it is. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Find out what happens when people stop being polite and start getting real. You ain't keeping it real. My God, okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. Oh, you've done it now. It's time for Rod's Rant of the Day. Hold on to your butts. You know, I brought this up earlier about the Eagles. I do think the Eagles are missing their coordinators from a couple of years ago. I mean, that's pretty obvious, but they don't have the schematic advantage that they once had. They do have elite personnel. I mean, they haven't changed much personnel-wise, but there's no question at this point they're missing uh, Shane Steichen. They're missing Jonathan Gannon. I go back to that um, NFL stat uh, nugget that I gave earlier 
Um, the Eagles are the sixth team to make a Super Bowl and lose both coordinators um, in the next offseason. Uh, none of those other teams returned to the Super Bowl after that. Just the third Super Bowl squad to lose each coordinator to a head coaching position. Uh, and they had top three offenses and defenses uh, on that year where they had Shane Steichen and Jonathan Gadden as their coordinators. Let's let you know, those guys were elite coordinators, um, not only elite, but when those guys were hired for head coaching positions, it's just hard to replace those guys and, and still have those phases performing at a high level. Brian Johnson, I like him as the OC, by the way, and I, and I like Sean Desai too, um, but they're just not as good right now or those – the phases right now, offense and defense, just aren't performing at the levels as high as they were when you had Shane Steichen and Jonathan Gannon. But personnel-wise, they're still really good. There's personnel still got some of the best lines of scrimmage in the NFL, if not the best O-line and best D-line. Jalen Hurts was in the MVP conversation, still is. I mean, he's probably third or fourth best odds right now. Um, still had one of the best wide receiving cores in all of the NFL. I do think what they're missing is, is the schematic advantage on top of the personnel advantage. You need both in the NFL. Ask the Cowboys. Cowboys are really talented to start the season, and what that offense looked like. Trash. Same guys. Same offensive line. Same skill positions. But they got a schematic advantage when the Cowboys started to modernize the Texco's offense. That is really important, and I think the Eagles are missing that. And it's going to be tough well, for the Eagles when you add to recreate. A, when you completely change the offense, which McCarthy mm -hmm. did, right? You know, you're trying to install it and get comfortable, and then you don't play anybody in the preseason. So the early season was just trying to tinkering, tinkering, and then yeah. you get to the bye week. Like, okay, let's let's add, let's add some things to it. Yep. Now we have the base of this, but it may end up costing them big time because uh, they're 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 better than the Eagles right now. We just saw that significantly. But as this texture pointed out, the Eagles won five or six games during this year that they very well could have lost. Yes, but now they're in a position that they have this easy stretch to the to the finish line. And that Arizona loss and some of those early offensive scuffles com could come back to get you. And uh, now, get you meaning this, to your point about the Eagles. There's a lot of dynamics that change year to year, right? The coordinators leave, injuries happen, your quarterback isn't as healthy as he was a year ago. No. And you're, you know, culture. This is something Sark talks about. I mean, you've got to try to win the national championship this year. Because you don't know what your culture is going to be next no year. No idea what's going to happen. I mean, because I, I was, remember talking to Texas Rangers fans about it. You know, when when they got in, it's like, oh man, we're going to be good for a long time. Who cares if we beat the Astros? Like, Dude, you better win it now. Yep. You better win it because you never know. You never know. I totally agree with that. And that's why I'm, you know, not again, not trying to poke the Cowboys, but it's frustrating because you may have your best team and a great look at it, but some circumstances, including having a machine in San Francisco, who's as talented as and healthy as they've ever been going into this final stretch, that's frustrating because you're right there. And uh, But you know what? At least you're there. At least you have a chance. Yeah. But, you, but you've, been, you've been on team, Rod. You, you think, man, we're going to be real good. Then you show up and you're like, oh, man. No, you got to cash in right then. I, I, I think about when I played that, that Oklahoma team that won in 2000. Oh. And then Bob Stoops kept building. Even though Bob Stoops was a hell of a coach, kept building that program and never won it again. Right, he, he had that, and what else? His second year, that wasn't even his guys. No, those were John Blake's players. He came in and won it to to East Point and won it with somebody else's players. And when he got the best players in the country, and he had way better teams actually than that 2000 team, it didn't matter. 2000 team was at the perfect timing. It was the perfect timing in the Big 12. It was the perfect because Texas hadn't really found its groove yet. It was a perfect time for Bob Stoops to win that national. Remember, he brought in the air raid where nobody had nobody had really popularized the air raid yet. Combined that with his defense and boom, struck gold. And hey, every listen. year after that, when he built it, hired great coaches, brought in the top recruiting classes, could never win it again. So you are so right. You're all about it, brother. Hey, listen, right. and I'm gonna <laughs> say it about this Texas team. 
you got to look at a national championship this year. You better do it. And to your point of Bob Stoops, this is year three for Sark. You got a bunch of players who you didn't recruit that mm-hmm. you that are buying in that saw the bad times. They know how tough it was when they were five and seven. And Character. And they built, yeah, it yeah, toughened they got, them. They got care. It did. <laughs> and they want to win that because you saw how personal it became for Texas this year with the poking of the bear and the, uh, the, you know, the, the, the challenges to their culture and to their character. That's big. Now, you mm-hmm. may, now you're going to the SEC. You may never replicate this again. Nope. He's it's, flying it's, high right now. The brand's looking good. Yeah. Yes, you just don't know. You. I got you, uh, So, I mean, you know, this is not breaking news, but you want to go try to win a national title this year. It's there for you. you now you're favored over Washington. You match up well with whoever wins the other game. Yeah. Come on. Everybody assumes they'll get back when you get there early on. And it yeah, seems you see easier. the Clemsons and Georges and Alabama, we'll maybe. But this is a whole different landscape yeah. we're dealing with. I'm with you there. I agree with that 100%. Like I said, I watched it with Oklahoma, and everybody assumed Oklahoma, they got back. They never won it again. Though. Well, think about they the Bills. Bring it back to the Bills. Bills, two years ago, if they could have stopped Patrick Mahomes oh. for 17 seconds. Yep. 17 seconds and no timeouts. They'd been in the Super Bowl, and they probably would have won the Super Bowl. And we'd have a whole different narrative of the Bills. And who was the team that year? 49ers? Who they played here? That was the Rams. Oh. Am I right about no, that? No, I'm talking about who the yeah, – who, the, who ended up playing in the uh, Super Bowl? Chiefs. Chiefs and – No, Chiefs. it was Bengals. Bengals then beat the Chiefs the next week, remember? Yes. That was the divisional round, and they couldn't right. stop. It was that crazy overtime yeah, shootout, yeah, yeah. and they You're couldn't right. stop Patrick Mahomes 17 seconds. You're right. And had they won the game, they would have played the Bengals at home and probably been in the Super Bowl. That was their best team. It was because they were top five offense and defense that year, I believe. And I believe that would have been a matchup with with, uh, Matt Stafford and the Rams. And it would have been a good game with Sean McVay. Who knows? But that's the window they missed. And now it's passed. Yeah, and I I, I always tell you the NFL is a window league. You got five years. I think in college football to the Longhorns it does – History shows that once you get this thing rolling, it goes pretty good. Yeah. Quick. Yeah, college football, you, your windows are much longer because you don't have restrictions or talents and Especially salary caps, Texas. stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, so the NFL is trying to trying – to, they're trying to get par- – and promote parity. And and, so, and players don't get old in college. They're still all that – they're they don't their get, prime years. Yeah, and they don't get as expensive as they get older. They get <laughs> oh, yeah, older, yeah. they get more expensive too. But that's why you got that five-year window, no coach – no coach and uh, head coach and a quarterback have been together for longer than five years and won their first Super Bowl. That's the five-year rule, and there are a lot of reasons for that. But Sean McDermott and Josh Allen are outside that five-year window. Dak and Mike McCarthy, they're in the third year of it, but it feels like they may be – It's the fourth year, but if you eliminate that year. first. This is year four for McCarthy. Yes. First year almost doesn't count. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, you're right about that. It's the fourth year, but it makes sense, though, because – if this is the best team they've had and they're about to hit the window where they got to pay all their guys, at least the, the, the end of that window where they got to pay Micah and they got to pay CD and they got to pay all those guys, and that usually shrinks your window. As soon as you got, hey, you got to pay Dak again. I know. You're about to pay Dak. That's why Ty's like, I don't want him to win the MVP. Yeah, you gotta, but that big Dak energy, you're about to make him the highest paid quarterback in the history of the league, potentially. When you got to pay all those guys, your window shrinks. It you just got, does. You got Micah coming. You just signed Trayvon Diggs, CD. and he got hurt. Oh, man. No, I mean, there's because there's, somebody said only he could make this a negative on the Cowboys. I'm, not, I'm just pointing out the reality of where they are. I think they're the second best team in this league. In the NFC? I think they're the best, second best team in the league. I, the AFC, I have not seen a team – that is elite on both sides of the ball. Baltimore is the closest. Kansas City is the closest, but their fatal flaw will continue to get them because they're they're not they can't you know invent receivers right now That's true. to help them out. So I don't see a, a two about San Francisco and Dallas are the two best teams in pro football right now, and they're also among the healthiest teams because the Trayvon Diggs injury was bad, but you know Deron Bland's played so damn good, and Stephon Gilmore's found the fountain of youth and is playing elite football right now. Yes, Cowboys are damn good. 
They look. I mean, they really do look the part. Problem is, you know, two NFC teams can't go to Super Bowl. Only one. Only one. They should be playing in the NFC title game this year. I think that's the point, and that's the next step for the Cowboys. If they don't, then that means something went horribly wrong, and that's a disappointing season if they get stopped in the divisional round again. Good stuff Here. right there in Rod's rant. This is Brady and Belichick didn't have five years. Well, that's why they're the outlier. Huh. That's yeah, why they're, it's so they're, worthy they're, of recognition. There are exceptions to every rule, but, you know, I mean, like, but my point is they, they won it in their second year together. They did. They won it in their second year together. So the, the rule is a head coach and a quarterback together for more than five years never win their first Super Bowl. So if, you, if, it, if it's taking longer than five years to win their first one, then move on because it's done. Yeah, that is the rule. Move on. That's and like the rule. Andy Reid and Patrick Holmes won, have won two now. Yeah, exactly. Within and by the way, there, if you go look at it, the five-year rule still applies after you win one because how many coaches have won multiple Super Bowls and took longer than five years from, from their first to second or from their second to third, right? It's only Don Shula and Belichick yeah. that have taken longer than another five years to win multiple Super Bowls. It's, it's tough. Like, well, let's it's, also mention that this is what I think the Chiefs are trying to do. They're trying to copy that 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 that, that Patriots model, which they was are. which was I have an elite quarterback, so now let's build our defense, and we can put enough weapons around, and we'll still win in the margins because our quarterback is going to make up for the difference. And this year they would be, but their receivers keep screwing up. Yeah, like they keep screwing up. They do in clutch moments. Exactly. Or so, else they'd be eleven and two or twelve and one, and everybody would be talking about the Chiefs as the team to beat. So your model's not going to work. You got to go out there and overpay some for some yeah, wide receiving talent. Yeah, then you, it's just that simple. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we'll come back. Uh, but good points, great uh, theories by Rod for sure, and he backs them up with the uh, the facts, and that's true because Brady and Belichick, once they won one, were able to build this model. Of, they build it I'll up. build the defense. You win clutch games. Exactly. And, yeah. And by the way, we're going to draft receivers, and, and Tom, you go out and develop these receivers. Remember the stories of Brady developing. Yeah, Julian taking Edelman them out in all season, <laughs> yes. working on the timing and everything. Yes, you're right. And those Gronk, guys. yeah. And the weird thing is, when the Patriots did try to bring in like the high, uh, like the uh, you know the high level free agent receivers, and I guess they traded for Randy Moss, they still didn't win it with Randy. Yeah, that's a weird thing. The Patriots would say that, weird. The, 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 the Tom Brady factor weird, goes to culture, right? Goes to culture. It does. You don't always, you can't replicate the culture. I know people think that's an overused word, but when you have special culture. Embrace it because it doesn't take long to go the other way. It does. I agree. Uh, now you got to keep repping it and keep trying to build it. But man, you get a, like this Ranger team and the dugout yeah. and how close they were. Like, and said, like the Longhorns. You talked about the Longhorns. Longhorns this year. Great I mean, we had Gene Watson on the show last week uh, who told you that Otani would decide by the weekend. But he also said the Rangers have to be careful because you pull one wrong guy out of that locker room, mm-hmm. you could you – could un- and he cited that when he was with the Kansas City Royals in 2014 and they won the World Series, they traded Raul Ibanez. Who who knew? But yeah. it turns out he was the He's clubhouse core. Yeah, he was guy. the core. He was a glue guy. And you're like, who knew? Like, that guy's a glue guy? Like, yeah, Well, you've been in the locker rooms. It takes one guy that polices everybody. Like, he's the one. Hey. They're very fragile. Oh, my gosh. They're, they're very Ecosystems. fragile. Yes, they really are. Yeah. <laughs> it's good. All right, we'll come back. Good stuff with Rod's rant. Always good conversation. We got some who said that before the end of the hour. Then the fabulous fifth hour as well. We'll get you in a Longhorn recruiting update coming as well. It's a big week, or at least the end of the week looms large. We'll get you the very latest with the Hook'em Up with Ian Rodby. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Hook 'em Up, 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. Hey, before the top of the hour, we'll play a round of uh, Who Said That, Rod Babers? Who Said That? Including, uh, you'll never guess which Hollywood actress is a huge football fan and has searched some mad love for Patrick Mahomes. Hollywood actress. Um, A-lister. A-lister, huh? Okay. I like that. All-time A-lister. Just going to tell you. You will be surprised. Okay. Also, uh, and who said that, uh, 
We'll hear Tony Romo on the disputed play, and you will know who it is, but I'm going to play it for you. Hey, um, congrats to Tavondre Sweat and the Longhorns for the weekend of accolades. I know. He's, he's just racking them up. Can I, give, can I give Burt Auburn some love, please? Burt Auburn. Please do. Tom Herman used to have specials and kickers. He wouldn't even say their name. This dude. He did not respect the kickers. Yeah, this dude. First team all Big 12 yesterday. Single-game records with five field goals in a game career long. 21 points, a record for, for, a, for a place kicker at Texas in one game. 19 straight games with their field goals in a row, 28 total field goals, which is a new school record. Good for Burt Auburn. Yeah. You know, and you know also he's getting love is uh, Brandon Aubrey. The uh, uh, Dak Prescott admitted last night after the game that he has nicknamed Brandon Aubrey their kicker, the rookie who's made 30 for 30. Butter. Butter. <laughs> That's his name, Butter Aubrey. <laughs> butter. Because when like you watch that. him kick, it is butter, man. It's like a hot knife through it. Hey, man. And it just, boom, rockets off his foot. They hit his first 30 field goals as a pro. I mean, that's unbelievable. He I made mean, a 59-yarder last night. Then he came around and made a 60-yarder. Like I said, he's, and he's and clutch. And it looks effortless. Yeah, first player in NFL history to convert his first 30 field goals of his career. Nobody's ever done that. And you know, the, the Cowboys have a lot to like about this football team. And I know they're itching for, a, for another look at the uh, Niners. And, you know, I know it didn't go well the first time, but we would all agree this is a different team than they were before their bye week. His average, he, he totaled 214 <clears throat> yards of field goals, an average of 53.5 per kick. That's the longest average length of a kicker's made field goals in a game in NFL history. Yeah, he had 164 <laughs> yards, and he, he his length of kicks were longer than uh, Jalen Hurts' passing yards. That's crazy, man. <laughs> and this dude kind of came out of nowhere. Was a MLS player one time. Notre Dame, yeah, but he's from the Metroplex. So he grew up a Cowboys fan, so that helped, I guess. Yeah, I guess it did. Well hey, done, Cowboys. Well done. Hey, also over the weekend, congrats to uh, the Texas volleyball team. Jared Elliott, what a stud, uh, that program, what a – program he's built there they're going back to the final four this was seen as kind of a down year and much like the football team rod they've got uh two wins to a national championship now pretty darn cool and madison skinner was unbelievable in that game in that yeah. match against stanford both I mean both matches the epic one with tennessee and the comeback where they faced several match points and you know almost lost and then found a way then they beat stanford uh, avenging the earlier season loss uh, props to Jared Elliott, 15th trip to the Final Four. I believe they are the first. Texas is the first university to have uh, the, their college football team and their volleyball team in the Final Four Dang. at the same time. Has, Impressive. Hasn't happened. So well, and hell, shout out to Texas. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. cool. And last spring, the Texas Benz basketball team was four minute, a bad 10 minutes from playing in the Final Four mm-hmm. down in Houston. All right, so uh, real quick, also on Friday night, in addition to Tavondre Sweat, Rod Davey O'Brien Award, best quarterback went to Jaden Daniels over Knicks and Penix. Uh, Penix. Yeah, I'm, I'm not surprised by that. I love Penix's uh, sport coat, though. With, oh, so uh, cool. He had all the, the names of uh, I guess everybody on the roster. He had their names. Yeah, it was like a, it was a, a purple Washington-colored like, yeah. velvet coat. Yeah. Looked sharp with a it tie. It looked really good. And when you pulled back the, the – the, you know, opened it up, it had all his players' oh, names man. in it. It was so, nice. It was classy. Uh, very classy. Classy affair. Uh, Chuck Bednarik Award, which Tavondre Sweat was up for, went to Peyton Wilson, linebacker, NC State. Uh, led all conferences in tackling, whopping 17 tackles per game. So, that is extremely productive. Yeah, and 14 Goodness. for loss. Marvin Harrison Jr. won the Bolitnikoff, which a lot of uh, LSU fans were upset about because they thought say, it was being Malik Neighbors. Stats-wise, I don't know if he deserved it. I think the Neighbors might have had better stats, if I'm not mistaken, but Marvin Harrison Jr. is considered the best receiver. Coach of the year, Kalen DeBoer, Washington. Uh, i got no problem with that. Me I'm either. Sark, Sark could have wanted to, but Kalen DeBoer, guys, he's got the longest winning streak in the country. 
Like <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's eleven and two one year, now thirteen and oh this year. Yeah, he's had the longest current winning streak in the country at like twenty. I think it's like twenty one games. Like and as you've said a lot to me here on this show and on the Longhorn live stream, we do. You like Texas matchup in this game, but let's not minimize how good Kalen DeBoer is. Oh, he's a hell of a um, coach, man. You know, he's only uh, lost 11 games as a coach, as a head coach. Stupid. <laughs> he's got 103 and 11. Actually, I think it's 140. Trey Taylor of Air Force won the uh, Jim Thorpe Award, best defensive back. Now, that i got to go do some research on. I have not watched any of him. I'll Air Force's defense finished 14th ranked in the nation. Okay. Um, three picks. Mm-hmm. One of the top tacklers on the team. First player uh, from Air Force or any service academy to win the Thorpe. Good for him. Oh, yeah. That's I was awesome. say, it, That's rare to have somebody from a service academy win the Thorpe, so good for him. Lou Groza, the best kicker, went to Graham Nicholson of Miami of Ohio. Doak Walker went to Ollie Gordon. Good to know Man. that in the, uh, the the big game in the Big 12 championship game, the Outland Trophy winner won scored more touchdowns than the Doak Walker winner. Yeah. I mean, he only had 30, <laughs> what, 34 yards, I think, total rushing in that game. He had over 1,600 yards in Texas. Stoned him. Had a – had a temper tantrum in the first quarter, which I think was, I think it was just him. The foreshadowing what he knew was going to happen was he was going to get shut down. I think he knew there weren't any holes opening up. He's like, I think we were going to get blown out in this game. And, <laughs> and I think it was so frustrating. And I think this was uh, the right thing that Michael Penix Jr. of Washington won the Maxwell Award as the best player. So didn't win the Heisman or the Davey O'Brien, but yeah. did win. Um, you know, he's, he's led that team to that twenty-three and two record for Kalen DeBoer. He's a great leader. I thought that was rightful. Yeah, no, he's a great leader. He definitely should have gotten some love. And it just shows you that's going to be a great game between Texas and between Washington. You know, they both have national award winners. Uh, both got a lot of All-Americans on their squad, a lot of all-conference players on their squad. Um, I went and looked up draft, uh, kind of draft analysis for Texas players and for Washington players. And Washington's got a lot of guys. Dudes, yeah. <laughs> They're going to be drafted. I mean, Odunze will be a first-round pick. Braylon Trice, the defensive end, he's going to be a first-round pick. All three of their wide receivers are projected to go in the first four to five rounds of the draft. Um, that's, their two offensive tackles are considered uh, draftable prospects. I mean, they got some They got some dudes, but Texas got tons of dudes too. No, it's a heavy game. Um, so it's I, I, I can't wait. It's going to be a great game. Well, and as I've said, I mean, the, the Texas Tech and I – fans in their minds remember Oklahoma State and Texas Tech, and those were just demolitions, right? They were, mm-hmm. But as we said, going into those games, um, you know, styles make fights. Yes, they do. And, you know, this offense for Washington is a better version of Oklahoma or TCU or Houston. Yeah. And those teams first. gave Texas a lot of trouble. Mm-hmm. Uh, styles make fights, right? I mean, Texas can stone your run, but if you can't cover uh, or get pressure on that quarterback, this is what happened against Houston, against Oklahoma, and against TCU. Those games were anything but – you know, one-sided contest. When Texas got a hold of a team, you know, think about the K-State game, another team that's that's run first. They're yep. built around the run. You know, if you know, Texas was in full control of that game and the backup quarterback started, you know, throwing to the other team and making mistakes, let them back in, but you still felt like you were dominating that game for a large majority of it. This is a Washington team that, that does things you're not great at, right? And that's mm-hmm. got to be the challenge. And as you've given the stat that they, they can throw the deep ball. They can throw the deep ball, and that's something Texas had issues with. So it, I think it's appropriate that if Texas wants to compete for a national title, the biggest issue that they have had to deal with all season long, most problematic issue they've had to address all season long, has been pass defense, and they'll have to solve it uh, against Washington. And if they be, don't solve it against Washington, they're going to lose that game. And they'll be thin back there, including the suspension to Derek Williams, their best cover safety for the first, first half. half. Yeah. yeah, they'll be thin there. And, yeah, they honestly, even in practices, they'll be thin because they're missing three 
four, four DBs and three safeties who are hitting the transfer board. And I don't know if they're practicing with the team or not, but still. We Jenny, won't know that until the practices begin. Yeah. And I think Sark will make that decision if Jalen Catalan hasn't picked a new place. And, you know, we'll, we'll hear more from Sark leading into the practices which open this week. And that's also important that, uh, you know, the UTSA pass rusher that you've watched film on who's in the transfer portal, very productive player from Smithson Valley. His name is Trey Moore. Trey Moore. He was on campus this weekend. Yeah. And he is a focus. He's off to Ohio State and Michigan. <laughs> so he's been recruited by everybody. Yeah. And the Longhorns also are hoping to get a visit with Andrew Makuba from Clemson this week. Uh, part of his visits. And Texas still seen as the favorite for the Clemson safety, who's went to LBJ. And then the receivers, Deontay Burks and uh, the kid Juice Wells oh, from Juice South Wells. Carolina. They're hoping to have them in this week. Because this weekend when they go back to practice is when they're bringing in Xavier Phil Sami. The, uh, the five-star safety from McKinney, uh, a bunch of their commitments that are already committed will be in town, including a bunch of guys who are early enrollees. Brandon Baker, the safety from uh, – yep. the idea was Colin Simmons would be here, but he's playing for a state championship <laughs> with Duncanville this hey, weekend. So <laughs> he can't be here. Yeah. But so this will be a big weekend for that because they want to get – because one week from Wednesday is when national signing window opens. And the Longhorns hope within about 24 hours to have all that hay in the barn. That class, 22, 23 players, another top five or six class, headlined by Baker and Colin Simmons and uh, two really good running backs. And then they're hoping to bring Xavier Phil Sami, uh, get him locked up. They've got to flip him from Florida, which is what they're working on right now. The Baylor or the Waco kid, Kobe Black mm-hmm. is another name. So if you're, if you're Sark, man, can we get this hay in the barn? Yep. That's the 20th. And then I can turn my attention to Washington. Right. Yeah. yeah I'm, exactly. I'm portal mania. I'm high school mania right now. Well, at this point, you're multitasking, man. You got to be doing three, four things at once. Unfortunately, that's just the reality of it. If you're Sark, well, it does. Not the time in the day. And once you get the twentieth out of the way, and you get this recruiting class in the books until early February, then you probably can streamline one of those things. Portal probably still stays in the front, in the front and center, but your team getting them back on track and getting ready for Washington can go. But you got to get through this 10 days first. Well, that's why you got to have a, a staff you trust. Uh, you got to be able to delegate some of those responsibilities. You just don't have enough time. And there are certain things you got to prioritize as a coach at, at, at different times, right? There'll come a time when you got to prioritize game plan. <laughs> and yeah. You want to let recruiting and other stuff kind of uh, let that be handled by some of the people that you trust on your staff because it'll be time to game plan for Washington. But right now, that's not that time because the guys have had time off to deccompress. And he's focusing on, like you said, uh, rec- recruiting, right? Acquisitions, uh, transfer all portal, over the country. Uh, all all over the country. Yeah, he's got to. Hey, he's got to support Devondre Sweat. Got to go there for the national award ceremony. Support home his guys. Visits. Home visits. So it's a lot going Think on. Think about for it. Him. He was on Saturday. He was at the in the state of Alabama at the high school championship game. Yeah. For the for the quarterback commitment of 2025. Yeah. What you got to say about the <laughs> the private jet that Sark's on, Tom? Huh? All right, because he he ain't necessarily the most envir- environmentally friendly guy either, because he's jet setting all over the place. But you're right. I mean, this is a good problem to have. You know, if you didn't have to worry about the college football playoff at this time, you know, maybe you prioritize recruiting over that. But you playing for a national championship so, uh, so and i think it, you you know like anybody who delegates well and organizes well you got to prioritize now and then when the 20th and 21st comes in right before christmas yeah then it kind of shifts you got to streamline it man no and, doubt and then you can kind of because sarka said the most physical intense practices for the game won't start till after christmas because they're gonna after they go through this week of practice it starts this weekend they're gonna give the guys some time off uh, for the break, for the holiday, Christmas. They had some time and then, off. And then regather. They, yeah. they just got all, done with some time off. Yeah, and then Christmas, yeah. they'll get to go a couple days for Christmas, mm-hmm. and then they're back in New Orleans probably, full bore towards the national title yeah. semifinal. Keep them fresh. Yeah. Uh, when he's talking about uh, contact practices, that does not mean – he's not talking about the starters, Gus. 
Yeah. He's talking about the backup guys and the physical practice. Well, these, these, he's not going to get that. I guarantee them practice are not going to get that physical right before you're about to play mm-hmm, in the Sugar Bowl. Mm-hmm. You can't risk it. Nobody well, can. And I also Washington think, can't either. I, well, I think, those, <laughs> and I think that those first week of practice, which starts this weekend, will be a lot about technical things and yes. fundamentals. This is when you're working on cover and defending the deep ball. This is when you work on defending <laughs> yeah. the deep ball and your bump and Footwork. run coverage and all that. You need to work on that right now. Uh, the things that you are that could be problematic and troublesome going up against Washington – you're working on it right now. That's right. Hey, we'll come back. Good stuff on Longhorns. I'll uh, keep you posted on uh, all phases, Portal, High School, and the Washington wow. game here on Hook em Up with Ian Rodby. We'll come back. Fabulous fifth hour to come. But coming next, it's Who Said That? Uh, some audio from a busy weekend. That's coming next. Who said that? Who said that? Who said it? Uh, audio from the weekend, and there was plenty of it. Uh, Rod, what do you have for me, my friend, to uh, try to guess? Who said that? All right, Ty, I sent you a couple of pieces of audio. You can uh, throw them out there whenever you can, and we can play. Who said that? Uh, on the deep pass, in practice, he wasn't with the usual option on that. What did you see on that, and why, why did you go to him on that? Yes, <clears throat> I saw uh, Jamal Adams sort of – he didn't come down, like, really, really hard, but I sort of saw his feet, you know, like, coming down. He was sort of flat-footed, and I was like, all right, with Debo moving, I was like, we can get over the top here. And so – um, took my drop. Um, he wasn't necessarily like the number one guy in the read. It was actually Juwan. Um, but the way uh, Jamal Adams came down, I was like, this could be a big one. So let it let it rip and let Debo get under it. Who said that? That's that's our guy Purdy. That's Purdy Purdy. That is Brock Purdy talking about that deep touchdown pass he had to uh, Debo Samuel in that game. Well, you talked Debo. about uh, C.D. Lamb, but, man, when you look at what Tyreek Hill, Debo Samuel, and uh, C.D. are doing, those are right now the three most dominant receivers in the game, and Debo is a freak, man. He made a move yesterday as Brock Purdy rolled to his right and bought some time and then found made a really good throw kind of across his body to Debo. Debo's, what, 225? He's thick, man. He made a cut He's and thick. then got up field and nearly ran three people over into the end zone. He got tackled, like, right at the inch line. He's that guy's a monster. I mean, when you combine what he does with with Christian McCaffrey and then Kittle and then Ayuk, I mentioned those four players. Think about this for the Niners, what everybody's got to deal with in the NFL. When those guys are healthy in one game against Seattle, those those four players, McCaffrey, Ayuk, Debo, and Kittle combined for 500 total yards. It's not fair. 500. Man. Not fair. <laughs> Come on, man. Yeah, they just got really do have too many weapons. You can't account for all of them. You just got to hope they're having a bad day. No. First play of the game, you're the Seahawks. You've been working all week, and they run toss sweep to McCaffrey. He goes 80 yards, gets tackled at the one. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. All your prep out the window. Yeah. <laughs> they're stupid. better than you, period. Yeah. <laughs> they block better than you. All right, let me play this for you. You'll know this voice. Uh, this is obviously uh, talking about the controversial ending in uh, one of the NFL games. I can understand Patrick's frustration there because if it's 100% he's way offsides. I mean, he was offsides, no question, but it's so close. You hate for that to determine because it's like that had no impact on the play whatsoever. He didn't gain an advantage or anything there, but rules are rules, and, you know, that is just shows you how much they care, though, and it did take away one of the great plays we'll ever see. I know that. Yeah, I think that's, that's right. Rules are rules. Tony Romo. But, yeah, rules are rules, man. He was offsides. Yeah, yeah. And we got people talking about consp- the games are rigged. They didn't want to win. I asked the guy that I texted that, like, how the guy dropped the flag the minute the ball was snapped, the second. 
So he had no idea what that play was going to be at that no. time. I mean, it's not like he saw that play. He was like, oh, man, we can't let that happen. Let me drop this flag. No, he dropped the flag the moment the play started because the Kadarius Tony was offside. He lined up offsides. All they had to do was look at the ball to know he was offsides or the referee and the official. If I were Patrick Mahomes, I would calm down and call, call Brenton Beach and say, can we just not have Kadarius Tony at practice this week, please? Can he not come? Kadarius Tony. I mean, I, I am so – I mean, think about the, the – He's go- definitely – they're definitely going to cut him. They're going to have to. In the offseason, right? They have to, right? <laughs> it's for the culture. It's a locker room. <laughs> the best ability is dependability. He's not dependable. He's not dependable, man. Matter of fact, I, I want to say he's hurting, like, the, the locker room continuity and culture How right now. How about that guy showing up today? I mean, it's like – yeah, sorry, guys. Again? Again. <laughs> you got to say, again? You did – this is the second time you've had to come in here and be like, yeah, I cost y'all a game. My individual performance cost us a game. Uh, speaking of – actually, that kind of relates to this. Uh, Ty, can you pull up the next piece of audio so we can play? Who said that? Who's at it? And this guy right here, line the heck up, all right? And I'm sorry, he, he, it's, hey, he should be on side. Hey, hey, guys. <laughs> The fact that Rex said it's a toe. He it's doesn't a toe I don't like. Okay, so like what would you say? I just said this is a toe I don't like. <laughs> he toes toes. I like, you know, I like toes. <laughs> I don't like this toe. Like, come on, line up on freaking side for crying out loud. See, now there is no way for us to do a serious show if we're going to go there, Rex. This is not the moment for it. I, I apologize. Say, hey, All right. Kadarius Tony, if you turn Rex against feet, you a bad man. <laughs> Yeah, the foot fetish coach, Rex Ryan. <laughs> it was. That was a pretty good moment there. That was Rex funny. admitting that, hey, man, yes. Hey, yeah, people forget about his foot fetish video that came out. we got to find it. It's ago. out there. It's, how you get it's to definitely find it. out there. It. Well, no, I mean, Rex makes fun of it because he can't deny it. It's there. I mean, it's he's, there, it's, brother. Talking about his wife, you have very, very beautiful feet. And she's, like, putting her feet up in his face. And yeah. like, <laughs> dude, you're weird, brother. Yeah, hey, you know hey, what? Do each his own. It, it's his wife, damn it. At least he was with his wife. Hey, let me, let me play this last one, Ty. We got a little bit of time here. Let me play this last one to see if you get I, I teased it. Famous Hollywood actress. And oh, probably okay. you didn't guess that That's... she is a huge football fan. Probably maybe one of the actresses you would least expect to be a huge really? fan of football. I just, okay. This is my opinion once I saw it, so I wanted yeah. to play it for you. I'm watching a lot of documentary uh, things. I mean, I love documentaries, but I'm, I watched this documentary series, Quarterback. It has changed my life, I think, because wow. I'm a big football fan, but this has given me an insight. Like, I have so much respect right now for Patrick Mahomes. I don't know what to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> There's really not a place for me to put it on a daily wow. basis. I, I didn't know the sports yeah, football obsession. I know you were a soccer fan. Well, but... I'm a big soccer yeah, fan, yeah. But, and I love college football, huh. but... Watching this documentary. Have you seen this thing? No, I've never even heard of it. I haven't oh seen it yet my, either. But yeah, you gotta see it. That's Julia Roberts. Yeah, interesting. Well, that that's surprising. That. I have so much respect for Patrick Holmes. I don't know what to do with it right now. I would have <laughs> never. I mean, Aaron Brockovich. That's great. Um, Good for her. Now she is. She did go to Georgia State University. She's from Smyrna, Georgia. Okay. And of course, yeah, in the Steel, South. You're yeah, in the South. You're Steel Magnolias was like one of her first huge roles. Yeah. You're in the South. You're a football fan. Yeah, you grew up a football fan. Yeah. Okay. Good for her. I did not know Julia Roberts was a big uh, football fan. She's in a, uh, a Netflix movie called Leave the World Behind. Fantastic. 
I think, it's I think that's really what she was good. promoting. Yeah, it's really on good. That interview. Uh, Mahers uh, Mahershala Ali is in Ooh. it, uh, and he's fantastic. Um, it's really good. I'd recommend it tonight. If you got nothing going on. What's it called? And it's called Leave the World Behind. It's like a sci-fi thriller. Nice. It's, fa it's, it's fantastic. It really this. is good. I think everybody would enjoy it. I loved it. Yeah. Favorite Julia Roberts film? Of all time? Yep. Oh, man, she's got so many. I mean, Pretty Woman, how can that not be the I top of the that. list? Uh, Aaron Brockovich is really good, I love though. Aaron Brockovich. Damn, she's got a bunch of good ones, man. I used to love Charlie her. Charlie Wilson's War, she's very good in. She's good in My Best Friend's Wedding. Yes. Very underrated. Still Magnolias, everybody uh, Still Magnolias, she's good. Uh, I think she's good in Runaway Bride, too. Her and Richard Gere have oh, yeah. nice little chemistry. Oh, yeah. I don't think I've ever I seen a also movie pretty woman. she's in. You've never seen a movie Julia Roberts is in? Nope. Okay. You know what, Ty? I respect you less now. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> She's too I old for him. She's 56 now. She's in a lot of good movies, though. Come on. Come on, man. Come on, man. Hates Taylor Swift. Ocean's 11? Robert. You ever seen Ocean's 11? Or 12. Oh, 12? Okay. We'll be back. Yeah. Hook him up. <laughs>